Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, guys. Kinsey Schofield here with the To Die For Daily podcast, and we are rolling right into episode two with NT Lawyer from CrazyDaysAndNights.net. We've kind of talked about how she wants to dominate just in general, be be as famous as she can possibly be and take advantage of this opportunity. You know, when we talk about that, I do kind of wonder how realistic the idea of her going into politics is, because it does seem like she is excited about the, the fame opportunity. But for years, you have been discussing Megan's political aspiration on the blog, um, for instance, reporting that Megan has at least one domain registered to make it seem like she'd like to run for president, which you later updated to say that you found more than one domain registered associated with a potential presidential run or political run. Political what run, are, not presidential. Oh, p- political run. What are your thoughts on Megan's political pursuits? A realistic option for her or no? I think that it was. I think yeah. that at some point she changed um, I think that she was really kind of contemplating and she did have um, lunch uh, several times with Gavin Newsom, the governor mm-hmm. of California. And it was basically about Diane Feinstein's seat, who yeah. everybody expects is going to resign before um, next year when her when she's up for reelection. So if if she did resign, then Gavin Newsom would appoint somebody as an interim senator until the next election. And I think that at one point, Megan. I don't know, thought about the idea of trying to to do that. I think that it's much less, and now especially, I think it's the the odds of it are infinitesimal just because of the deal that she signed with William Morris and stuff. Yeah. I think that that's something that she's not interested in anymore. I think that she's just full in on, let me be this, you know, show business mogul kind of thing. And yeah. you see it in her hirings. Um, Archwell, despite the fact that you know, they were talking originally about, oh, let's do documentaries about the underprivileged and all this kind of stuff. Everybody that Megan hires or Archwell hires are scripted people. Yeah. They're hiring scripted development people. And the things that they're pitching to Netflix are scripted shows. They're not pitching, you know, documentaries. They're not pitching anything altruistic. They're, they're just pitching straight up. Hey, let me do, we're pitching Emily in Paris, but with a guy we're pitching, we're pitching, um, a great expectations kind of version with Miss Havisham. And she's like, um, you know, a feminist and stuff like that. But people had already um, pitched that before. And the Emily in Paris thing, I get the idea. Let's because Emily in Paris is popular and it's right. on Netflix. But here's the thing. If you're Netflix, are you going to go to the showrunner for Emily in Paris, who has already given you a hit and right. say, what do you got? And they go, well, you know, let's do a reverse kind of thing. Let's let's do, you know, with a guy or something like that. Or let's not do that because I don't want to tick off the showrunner for, for Emily Paris because they're going to give us something else. So it's lazy kind of pitching. Um, you know, the Miss Havisham thing has been pitched a bunch of times. BBC kind of pitched a certain angle like that. The Emily and Paris, oh, but with a guy, you're not going to take a chance. If you're Netflix, you're not going to take a chance on somebody that's unproven, even if they're Meghan Markle. Um, and they proved that with Pearl and they're right. like, because they're like, okay, Pearl's fine. However, we were going to do it just because you are Meghan Markle and everybody's like, but no kids who are going to watch Pearl even know who Meghan Markle is. So we just need a good show. We need a good idea. And so she's out there like pitching stuff and she wasn't getting anywhere. So, but when you get with 
William Morris, then Ari Emanuel is like, look, Netflix, give her this deal. And then I'll give you whoever three or four A-listers or whatever, who will be willing to be in the show. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, cause you, the whole thing is about packaging. And one of the other agents is the one who does works with the rock, but in the sense that they do all of the making rock bigger than life, not necessarily rock. Let me give you the acting deal, but rock let's every kind of promotion we can do and everything like that, where we can put him front and center. That's the agent that they put with it. And then they have Serena Williams agent and just for endorsements and stuff like that. And I think that's going to be tied more into like the TIG, which she has, you know, reinstated and, and just everything that they can. And William and Boris and Deborah like leaked the whole Dior thing, even though that's probably never going to happen, but they wanted, you know, Megan to feel powerful and special and say, look, Dior's thinking about you to be one of the faces of their brands and stuff like that. And not only that, but they, I think they were trying to distract from all of the humiliation associated with the South Park episode. Yeah. And, but the South Park episode is, it's so on point. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and the fact that they wanted to sue and stuff. And also with Harry, you've seen him go to England a couple of times when he really didn't need to. And yeah. I do think that Harry is affected more so than people think about his mom. And yeah. I think that sometimes we think, okay, well, he uses the same cream as his mom, which is kind of weird. Yeah. And he does have this fascination with his mom and the whole, Oh, you know, the paparazzi were chasing us and he did lose his mom at a young age. Right. So let's, let's not, you know, and he has been in therapy and, you know, and that's, I think one of the reasons he signed up for better up, which is a horrible app and a horrible company. But I think one of the reasons he did was he had, you know, gone undergone therapy and stuff and probably did it in, you know, his, his role as a veteran and stuff. And I do think that he has been affected. Yeah. by what happened with his mom. But I think he, maybe Megan kind of played him a little bit. And don't forget that Megan has been, Megan's an actress. Yes. And and even though you can, you know, belittle, you know, suits, it was still a show and she was still one of the leads. And, right. you know, they're not going to hire somebody for that who really can't act because the other people on the show can act and she can act too. And just, you know, I'm going to bring him in. I got him, you know, and all of this. And then, well, Harry, why don't we do this? Why don't we go on Oprah? Why don't we, and just kind of playing around with that. And I think at Harry, at some point here, it's like, I wouldn't mind going back to England or, or I wouldn't mind going to do what I had said I was going to do before and go to Africa and not be involved in all this kind of stuff. And you right. can tell that Harry was caught up in all of this stuff when there was the Lion King premiere in London and he, he corners Bob Iger, the, the CEO of Disney, and says, you know, yeah. you really should find something for, for Megan or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like you could tell right then that he was just so enamored with the whole lifestyle of Hollywood. And, oh, my gosh, and I'm 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 dating somebody who I've seen on TV. Yeah. And it's a totally he, he's not unlike so many other people are like, oh, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm with this person. And. I think he just got kind of caught up in it all. And, you know, they've got the kids now. And I do one of one of the things that I really wonder about, and I've never been able to come up with an answer, is the whole Lilibet thing. I don't know whose idea it was. Oh my gosh. And, and I kind of I, I want to say that it's Megan's idea. Right. And because, oh, let's call her Lilibet. Because this was something that was very, very 
um, opposed Favorite? by the the royal family. I mean, it was right. one of those kind of things where, you know, oh, a royal family source or whatever. And you go, okay, but this one was real. And the BBC went with it. The BBC didn't retract anything. Right. And I mean, it's, the BBC is not, you know, the Daily Mail. It's the BBC. It's a government run corporation. Right. And the fact that, you know, they took this nickname because it's one thing to call your daughter Elizabeth and it's an honor, right? You're, you're yeah. honoring your grandmother um, or in this case, the, the great grandmother, because it's a little bit and you're like, okay, this, that seems like a really good idea. Let's call her Elizabeth and not knowing that she, they're going to call her Lilibet and just this private nickname. Right. And, and Harry, let's say it was Megan's idea, but Harry went along with it. And he must have known that that was going to be just a horrible idea, right. but he didn't have enough spine to, to do anything. And I honestly think that that was that whole rigmarole. And I just, I, I really think that over the last year, we have seen that these are two totally different people with two totally different agendas and can they keep it together? And I, I would argue that if Megan gets some kind of huge deal, like just something that's worth 20, 30, 40 million guaranteed, then Harry's out the door. Wow. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with you. If she feels like she is, you know, a, a power on her own, a powerhouse on her own. Um, I think you're right. Did, it was, did you post recently that she was with a billionaire somehow associated with, associated with Angelina Jolie? Was that you yeah. that I saw? Okay. Yeah. 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 So what's so funny about that is that an astrologer that I sometimes feature on the podcast posted on her Instagram feed. Next up, Megs will be looking for a billionaire after Harry. Her name is Emily. And then somebody responded to her and she included this in her Instagram stories. NT Lawyer just posted she was hanging out with a billionaire that Angelina Jolie was hanging with. And so you are we think that billionaire is on the horizon. That's the ultimate objective. Well, I think that she looks at her ex and says, oh, well, he landed a billionaire. And I'm not saying that <laughs> Megan's trying to land this guy in order to have a relationship with him. Right, right. But, it, think, but you are who you But he's a financing with. guy. Right. Yeah. But he's a finance guy. And, you know, that's why Angelina Jolie was there. was like, oh, he's, you know, Angelina wants to date him. No, Angelina wanted some financing for something for a movie. Yeah. And, oh, you know, okay. the easiest way to do that is with a billionaire. And she had hung out like Megan was hanging out with a Getty. <clears throat> To try and get some money. And the thing is, this goes back to, you know, she has lunch with Gavin Newsom and Gavin Newsom owes his political fortune to the Getty family. Yeah. And and whether it's Balthazar or Balthazar's parents or whatever, it's the Getty family that supported Gavin Newsom and gave him money financially were his first political donors when he and when he was mayor of San Francisco and after when he was, wanted to expand his profile it was the Getty family that did it. And so you have this one Getty, the, this elderly guy who is basically insane and Megan's trying to see, well, can I get money from him? And, and, but the thing is his money is so locked up that she's not really going to be able to get anything, but people are like, oh, she wants to marry him. She's not going to marry some 80 year old guy. That's yeah, not Megan. This is not, um, what Anna Nicole Smith, the Anna it's Nicole not, Smith no. story, yeah, but we not, appreciate it. Yeah. So it's not like that. And that's the thing It also, it's just people just get distracted by that kind of thing. But the other guy, this Rothschild guy, he's young, he's fairly attractive or whatever. And he's a billionaire and but at least, you know, he, and he's he's had associations with with other actresses in the sense that, yeah, you know, if you pitch something and it's a decent idea. And so if Megan wants some kind of financing and, and there you go. And if something happens 
you know, after she and Harry divorced, then yeah, okay, then I'm with a billionaire. But I don't think at this point that she was like, I'm going to marry a billionaire and be quiet. It's not like with Trevor, who married his billionaire, and he doesn't really care about any kind of work and anything like that. Yeah. I think that at right now, she's just focused on being the biggest power that she can be. And I think that if she was married to a billionaire, that she would lose her edge a little bit. Yes. Harry doesn't have a lot of money and they have a mortgage and, you know, and security is so ex their security is insane, you know, price wise. Yes. You know, and okay. Because you There's go back to his mom, you know, you think like exactly what you said, Harry's being, Harry is so protective of, of Megan because of his mother. He is. And, but here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that yes, their security bill is high. But it, the thing is, they don't pay for all of the security, whether you want to believe it or not. The United States actually pays for some security for them, just like in Canada, Canada wow. pays for security when they're vacant. Because here's why. Okay, let's say the, I'm going to pick a really small country, um, the prime minister of Grenada, which is an island off the in the Caribbean, off the coast of South America. So the prime minister of Grenada comes to the United States. As soon And this is a country that doesn't have their own like airline or anything like that. He flies commercial, comes in, um, flies coach, maybe first class, comes in. As soon as he lands, there are going to be five or six Secret Service people meeting the prime minister. Why? Okay. Because we don't want somebody assassinated in our country who is a prime minister of a country. We okay. do not want somebody who's assassinated, who is technically, you know, still in the line of succession in the throne. If there's some bad accident and William and his kids go, then there's Harry. So right. we're not going to let anything happen to him. We're not going to let him be kidnapped. We're not going to. Now, how much control Secret Service has? Maybe not a lot, but they're there. There's at least somebody and there's at least some kind of point person who's dealing with the security and everything like that. Same as when Harry goes back to England. Metropolitan police. We're going to always give him security. He just wanted extra security that he was willing to pay for. Right. And again, I think to make the point, he was just kind of wanted attention. Look, we're getting this kind of protection, but I really want extra protection. And yeah. it was like, like, well, wait a second. William doesn't even have much protection. And he, you know, you can argue that he is much more important than you in the whole scheme of things. Right. So, Which he hates that argument, by the way. Harry does not like that argument. Exactly. So, you know, but yes, the and when he was there in Canada, then Canadian protection was there too. And Canada, you know, foot the bill. And is there like a huge Secret Service presence? No. But there is, you know, the United States is not going to let anything happen to Harry. You know, there is somebody supervising that security or working with, coordinating with the Secret Service of the United States and his security firm. I really, you've said a couple of times about, you know, you've talked about Megan meeting with Gavin. Do you believe that that in any way, shape or form disrupted um, the California Democrats? That uh, is that why the Bidens have distanced themselves because they feel like Megan is sticking her nose in where it doesn't belong when she's having these meetings with Gavin, when she's calling up, you know, when she's calling up representatives, trying to talk to them directly about um, extended home leave, are are these things ruffling feathers in the White House? Do you believe those rumors? And now a word from our sponsor. I don't know if it's ruffling things, but when you're calling, you know, Congress people or an assembly in California, and you're calling as the Duchess of Sussex yeah. rather than Meghan Markle, it's really not a it's not a good look. I think yeah. that Gavin Newsom 
was prepared and ready that if Biden decided that he wasn't going to run or was unable to run, that Gavin Newsom was going to throw his hat in the ring. And I still think that he's ready at a moment's notice to do so. Yes. And I think that as part of that, you know, he had spoken with Megan. Maybe she had been interested, like I said, in a senatorial appointment if Dianne Feinstein went out. But other than that, like he's just saying, okay, well, it, it will help to have Meghan Markle in my corner and she can raise funds and all of this kind of stuff should I decide to run for president. Right. And I think that the fact that everybody kind of knows that Gavin Newsom's waiting if Biden slips up or can't run or whatever, and that's probably ticks off the White House because of the fact that, hey, yeah. no, it's Biden. I'm running. I'm running. Gavin Newsom, you got to stay quiet. You're, you're not doing this. But meanwhile, like Gavin Newsom runs ads on Twitter every single day. Um, you know, saying, talking about gun control and stuff, but it's his way of being front and center just in case. And just in case I'm going to have all these people ready so they can, you know, throw me fundraisers and stuff like that. And just think about, you know, Megan getting Oprah and all these kind of people and organizing a $25,000 plate dinner. Yeah. Um, Oh you know, my gosh. Yeah. I can visualize it now. Absolutely. You're, oh my gosh. That Chris Jenner, Ellen sitting next to each other with, you know, oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, in January, well, Chris Jenner wouldn't vote for Gavin Newsom. Oh, you don't think so? No. Oh my gosh. That's, oh, that's good intel. Um, <laughs> in January of 2022, you wrote, it was never about the charity or foundation, which has never had a clear goal. So we're, that's a, you know, over a year ago regarding r has there been any evolution? Do you have a better understanding of what their mission is today? They have no mission. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they have zero mission. You know, the whole r thing came because they lost the Sussex brand, yeah. right? They weren't allowed to use that. So then they said, okay, well, we got to come up with something. So they come up with Archwell, which is a ridiculous name. Yes. And um, yeah, but it was designed to be a charity, but they're they're not working on any kind of charitable efforts or anything like that. I think at some point, you know, I think if you go back to say 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic and Harry and Meghan going to deliver groceries or whatever it was to somebody's house. And then they do had to remember, go back and do it again. Do you remember the how they, working. Ex oh my gosh, thank you. I was just going to say, I remember sitting here watching like channel five or whatever the NBC station is here and seeing the, the ring door video and the security video of them delivering groceries and delivering meals. And NT, I was like, they had to get that from somebody like who handed that over to the news station. There's no way the news station would air that without permission. Yeah. So what happened back then? Okay. Well, first of all, the, because of the pandemic, the, 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 the charity was like, we're only having our employees deliver stuff um, because we don't want anybody to, to be sick. So we're not allowing volunteers or whatever. It's our employees are delivering it or we've made arrangements or we're hiring people to do it. We don't really want to have any volunteers. Right. So, but Megan and Harry said, no, no, please let us leave. Okay, fine. You guys can go deliver, you know, two bags of food. And they went and delivered two bags of food, but the person where they were delivering it, their ring camera or whatever was not working. So then they had to find somebody else to go do it. And, you know, so then they did it and you see the, the ring camera footage and stuff like that. And obviously they knew what was up and it's just the same. Megan's not stupid people. And and the thing is, is like when you see photos of her, like a couple of months ago, it was right after Spare came out and stuff and she was not getting attention. And so, you know, it was not just the full court blitz, like with Us Weekly and People Magazine, oh, Megan's favorite mascara, this kind of stuff, because yeah. she was jealous that Harry was getting all the attention. But then, okay, 
Harry's over in, in London at this whatever trial, and I want some attention. So I'm going to call up paparazzi and I'm going to be here with my two friends and my I'm going to take a hike. I'm going to take a hike. Now the two friends, you could tell they didn't know what's up. They were dressed for a hike. They were dressed like shorts and a t-shirt or whatever. And she's all dressed to the nines. And if you think for one second that a paparazzi is going to get within 15 feet of Meghan Markle and take a photo just full on and not have a security guard there, you are just full of it. Right. And it's the same thing if you want to compare it to a celebrity. Look at Taylor Swift. If you get a shot of Taylor Swift 10 feet on, full on in front, it's because she let them. Right. It's not, it's because she arranged it. And here's the thing is a Meghan Markle photo worth something? Yeah, it's probably worth five grand, maybe a touch more. Right. But if you, if you're a paparazzi, first of all, you're not in Montecito because you're not really making any money in Montecito. You're in LA, so you got to make the hike up there. Yeah. And that's fine. But somebody's got to call you for it. You're not staking out Montecito in the hope that once every two or three weeks, you get a $5,000 photo. Exactly. That's so true. That's not how it works. Right. Um, you're so right. Do you think that the Sussexes have enough support to function comfortably? Or do you, they have to change gears to win over some of their haters? Oh, I think that, you know, Megan's got enough supporters or whatever. I just... But the problem is, is that let's say the Emily in Paris thing was, you know, greenlit and yeah. you get a green light or whatever. What it would, if it's still a bad show, nobody's going to watch it if it's a bad show. Right. And, and so once you go into that kind of mode, who you are and, you know, whether you're getting feminist awards or whatever, it doesn't matter if you're team Megan, it's like, okay, great. I'm team Megan. The show still sucks. I'm not going to watch it. And that was what Netflix said with Pearl. They said, it's great, fine, whatever. It's not a bad show, but the reason we had you here is like we're, we thought that if it's a show and we said, you know, from the Duchess of Sussex or whatever, and they realize that kids don't care because kids don't have any idea who she is. And that was their stated reason for not greenlining the show is that the kids didn't know who Meghan Markle was, so there's no cachet in it at all. Right. And, and she doesn't have the, like a mommy brand. Like if she were, if she, if she was really pursuing the mommy brand industry with the TIG, turning the TIG into here's my favorite DIY lunch snack for Lily and Archie, it would be one thing, but that mommy brand doesn't exist yet. If it ever will, I don't know. I think that she doesn't want it to exist. I think that she wants to be glamorous. showrunner, glamorous, Dior yeah. kind of thing. She wants that. She wants, you know, to people to go, Oh my God, look at this. And I think she wants the you know, the 10 page spread in Vogue and, you know, just the seat of honor at the Met Gala and all this kind of stuff and be on the board for that and get to decide what the thing is and, you know, have lunches with Anna Wintour and all this kind of stuff. And you're not, it, mommy brand is, okay, that didn't work. Let's try the TIG. Let's go against Gwyneth Paltrow. Let's do this. And she has, she has been competing against Gwyneth Paltrow behind the scenes. I forget the name of it. There's some product that's that's really hard to find. And it's like the the new kind of, oh, you got to have this kind of like, think about like a turmeric when everybody was like so into turmeric or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's like this ingredient that's really hard to get. And she basically got some people and they have like the monopoly on the product. So if she ever does decide to to relaunch the TIG and goes, oh, this kind of thing. But I'm not sure that she wants to be the snake oil person unless she has to be the snake oil person. Right, last think- resort. That's a last resort. The mommy thing, that's a last resort. Um, you know, to me, 
that's the Chrissy Teigen route, who was also on Deal or No Deal. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's that kind of thing where you're trying to come up with an identity outside of John Legend. So Chrissy Teigen does this and says, okay, and, and Megan's coming, okay, I need to break away from Harry, but Harry's not, you know, John Legend, he's not out there singing songs, he's not out there performing yeah, in front of 50,000 people and stuff. So I think Megan has an idea of what she's doing. And I think that with the guidance of William Morris and stuff, she's going to have some projects, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't think people are going to watch it just because it's a Duchess of Sussex production because it's not going to be a Meghan Markle production. It's going to be Duchess of Sussex. So executive producer, Duchess of Sussex. Great. So if she had, let's say pitched Wednesday, which is on Netflix and you know, it's a good show. So everybody's watching Wednesday, but are they going to care? Are they watching it because it was a Duchess of Sussex show or are they just watching it because it's a good show? Right. Absolutely. Uh, do, do I have time for two more questions or do you, I understand if I have to let you go? No, go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, you made such an interesting comment on Demois' podcast recently about Omid's claim not to have Harry's direct contact information. And you were very savvy in explaining that as an attorney, you read, you know, between the lines. Um, you know, I don't think any of us ever thought that Prince Harry was Omid Scobie's point of contact. Can you kind of go into that a little bit and, and what Omid said and what your interpretation of it was and why? Yeah. So Omid gets his information, right? He's getting it from, let's say, Harry or Megan. Let's say we pretend we don't know. Right. <laughs> and even though we know it's Megan. So somebody asks Omid, he goes, I don't even have Harry's phone number. I don't have his email address. Great. So everybody goes, okay, he's not the source. But what is the omission there? What isn't being said? The person, the question was not asked, oh, do you have Megan's? He didn't offer that up. Right. He just said, I don't have Harry's. Great, because he doesn't have Aries. He has Megan's. He has yeah. Megan's email. He has Megan's phone number. That's his contact. And he just said, I don't have Aries. Why would you guys even think that? Right. But again, but the other half of the equation, he didn't even mention Megan. If he didn't have Harry and Megan's, you go, I don't even have the contact information for Harry and Megan. I, I can't even get a hold of him if I want to. Right. Okay, that would have clarified. He didn't say that. He only mentioned Harry. And this is the kind of thing where all kinds of, as a lawyer and also dealing with gossip, you look at what is being said and what is not being said. You look at an argument that should be made or all-inclusive argument and you go, okay. And there's always a lot of omissions when it comes to, you know, Megan and stuff. And and you have to look at, at the things. You have to look at what, like I said earlier, when she hired people for Archwell, you go, okay, well, she hired this woman. And the job title is, oh, Oh, in charge of development of scripted production. And you're like, okay, we know that you're going to be pitching TV shows. Right. So that's what you're doing. You are pitching TV shows. You are no different than Trevor Ingleson, other than the fact that you have a bigger name than your ex ever did. You right. are no different than Ryan Murphy pitching a show. You are no different than Shonda Rhimes pitching a show. They all have scripted development people. That's what they're doing. And they're just going to pitch and pitch and pitch. And do I think that she's going to land some shows? Absolutely. Because Ari Emanuel over William Morris is going to say, like I said, he's going to package a whole bunch of people. And he's going to say, look, we'll give you this person and this person. Netflix is going to go, great, you know, green light. Right. And they're going to do it. And it's going to decide whether the, the show sucks or not. But it's not going to have anything to do with who Meghan Markle is. The Meghan Markle brand, and I know she knows this, is that. She can be a Ryan Murphy or a Shonda Rhimes, 
But the way that you're going to make a name for yourself is if something like the Dior, where you're the face of something, where you're the face of some exclusive kind of brand, where you look at it, like the face of Versace or, you know, becoming best friends with um, Arnaud, you know, and, and, and being Gucci and all this kind of stuff, or have your own kind of company like Rihanna got with Fenty. Just, it's going to have to be something like that, where Megan's just in your face all of the time. A showrunner is great. And if she wants a career as a showrunner, more power to her because that's a tough career. And it's a, you know, if she does that and succeeds at it and has successful shows, I'm going to say, congratulations. I know how hard that is. And you did it. Right. Um, but I don't think that's where she's going to go. I think that she wants the whole look at me, look at me, look at me, look at this exclusive kind of brand that I am. And, you know, I want to have my own design house and all of this kind of, that's what she wants. And I think if she gets that, then great. If she has hair on her arm from time to time, but I think that she's going to be bored with that. And I think, like I said, if she gets some kind of deal where she's guaranteed 30, 40 million bucks, Harry's out the door. So you do believe that it would be Megan that would end the relationship? 100%. I, I agree with you. I did have somebody email me recently asking me, why specifically did Harry and Megan get the Shonda Rhimes treatment when it came to Netflix? Um but, it, you know, is it because they thought that Harry was going to be working with wounded warriors and doing this therapy thing that he's become kind of synonymous with the mental health thing where he could you get a glimpse of who Harry is through him talking to these people or I mean, I even thought, why didn't he do a series, even a podcast or a book about famous spares? You know, he could talk about his grandfather and how he's the most famous spare or Princess Margaret, who is a notoriously fun spare, um, you know, like there were so much opportunity opportunity to keep that royal connection did they get the Shonda Rhimes deal because Netflix was Netflix was under the impression that there would be that royal connection consistently or do they have faith in them that they will hire people that are smarter and more creative and can really develop um, you know some interesting content that is maybe unrelated to royalty I think that Netflix had a whole bunch of money in the pandemic because everybody was staying home Right. <laughs> and was throwing money left and right. And they don't have that kind of money anymore. Spotify, yeah. the same. And Spotify gave them all the chances in the world. But when you give 12 episodes of a show and you have 10 producers. Oh, my gosh. Show, so embarrassing. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, I do an episode every single day of my podcast. I don't have producers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they had 10 producers and could still only come up with 12 in however many years shows that they really weren't that interested in the Spotify portion. They weren't interested in the podcasting. And we already know that Harry didn't really want to do that kind of work. Megan, I think, was just doing it because she, you know, okay, well, I'll give it a shot or whatever. But she doesn't want to do podcasting. She doesn't want to sit behind a microphone. That's not what she wants to do. But that NT, is not like, the Megan brand. I, I, I totally get it, Auntie. But at the same time, I think what a missed opportunity. Because if they did utilize both of these platforms correctly, they could have taken away the power from people like me, from people like the British press, who are, because my next question to you was going to be, are they throwing too many darts at the wall? Or are we... Are, are a lot of these outlets that we're talking about not even realistic? You know, I mean, like that headline about Megan being in the bodyguard. There's no way that anybody's talking to her about the bodyguard, in my opinion. But I, I just, I just feel like had, had they, had Megan been less scripted, less produced, more genuine and sincere in in her podcasting, in the content of her podcasts, had they you know, really leaned more into the reality and, and less produced in the documentary, 
they could they could really take control of the narrative and and take control of the the way that the British media talk about them incessantly and I mean, on a daily basis, I'm asked about them, about things that I don't think are true. This idea, that, I mean, every, I mean, I, I'm now I'm getting to the point where I'm saying, I just don't think that's true and I don't want to comment on it. But it feels like if they were more genuine and more open on these platforms that were handing them an ungodly amount of money, they could shut down a lot of the chatter about them and shut down a lot of the people that are making, I don't make this kind of money, but I know that the outlets that I talk to are making a ton of money on my commentary on them. And I wouldn't be in a position to commentate on them as often as I am if they were more genuine and sincere and created the content that I think was expected of them. I no, I don't think so at all because I don't think that they would do that. Yeah. And I also think that you know, going back to the Shonda deal, they didn't really get a Shonda deal. They yeah. got okay, you know, let's let's see what you come up with. And they had the whole, you know, Harry and Meghan documentary, and Netflix was, oh, that's a good start. Let's let's do something else. Well, what do we have? We don't have anything else because we've already said all the stuff that we had to say about the royal family and everything like Oprah. that. So we really don't have any more of that. Yeah. And so, but going to to what you said, I mean, think about it. like Meghan had Andy Cohen. On her podcast, and it's just like, okay, I thought you wanted to be like, you know, this, you know, high end kind of look down at this kind of doc, you know, documentary kind of thing, and let's what we can do to to pull people up. And you have Andy Cohen from Real Housewives, and watch what happens live, and that's who you're going to have on. And Harry, where did you go? I went on Dak Shepard's podcast, and you know, it's just like, okay, um, and you know, and I did something with James Corden, and okay. But they're not going to do any commentary on it. You know, I, I think that Harry, with, especially with this last trial, with the whole, you know, whether or not his phone was hacked and stuff like that. And here's the thing is that my whole point with that whole trial was he assumes that they were hacking his phone because that's the only way they could have found out certain information. That's not true yeah. because he he was talking to other people and other people can sell stories, too. and. Right. That's so, that is so like, oh my gosh, the only way they could ever find anything about me is if they hacked my phone. No. You know, the reason I find out about Harry and Meghan stuff is because Meghan talks and other people talk. Right. And that's right. the reason nobody's hacking Meghan's phone. Nobody's hacking Harry's phone right now. It's just that they have friends and they talk and there's a agency involved and the people at the agency talk and Jessica Mulroney talk. Everybody talks. Right. And Harry just is under the impression that, oh, my gosh, nobody would ever say it's, it has to be because my phone was hacked. No, it's not. And that's very egocentric of you to think that and yeah. to think that that nobody is just like selling something for a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks to a tabloid about you. And, you know, it's just no. Well, that's and, it. And I also talked to this uh, the guy. I think he helped launch People, People magazine, um, Landon Jones. And in his book about celebrity, he talked about how People Magazine had this strategy called swarming. He said it was very hard to get information about the British royal family, and and they were sellers. That you know everybody would grabbed a copy of that physical magazine when you had a scoop on the British royal family. So he said they would do something called a swarm, where if they knew that the royal ascot was coming up, they'd send thirty people to the royal ascot to hover and to just you know, just to listen and to just, you know, cut. I mean, he said they would send it, they called it swarming and they would send an entire team of people to an event or a place where they knew the British Royal family would be, or people that associated that were with them were going to be. So it's like, it's not just somebody hacking your phone, Harry, there is some kind of creepy journalism involved as well. Exactly. And, and, and that's not to say because there was a ton of phone hacking going on or whatever, 
yeah. the people that Harry uh, is on, you know, was sued with and the other people, they actually have a have a case, but Harry doesn't. And yeah. because it's it's not from that. And that's part of the reason that he hasn't been victorious. But I think he's just feels so persecuted and stuff. And at some point he just plays the victim game so much. And it's like, Harry, stop being a victim, you know? you know, start living your life and stop right. living back in 1997. And just. I agree. You know. He has a beautiful family and a really, he's got, he's been given some incredible opportunities here. And T, oh my gosh, what a pleasure to talk to you. I had no idea that I was going to have so much fun talking to you about the British Royal family. Cause you on your website, you cover everything. I mean, you're talking about every A-lister, anybody who's anybody. Obviously I get excited when I see the big reveals because I get to know if I'm right or wrong about some of your blind items, but to have so much fun talking to you about the Royal family, I'm so grateful for your time today. And for anybody that's unfamiliar, how can people keep up with you? What are, what are your favorite ways for people to follow you? Crazydaysandnights.net is the website. It's 365 days a year. And then I'm at NT Lawyer on all social media platforms. And then my Patreon, it's patreon.com slash NT Lawyer. And there's probably a hundred hours of Harry and Megan on there. Something Love like it. That. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I cannot wait to get this up because this has been one of my favorite conversations. Well, great. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And say hi to your mom. I will. I'm definitely going to do that. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.